welcome to After the Show, your weekly movie podcast brought to you by A. Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Hello, Sid Talk. Hello, viewers. Hello, listeners. We've got uh, all of those, right? No. Well, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody might be watching. No viewing. No viewing. No. no. This is After the Show. Your weekly movie review podcast. What was the before the after the show discussion? This movie. Yeah, we did some fact checking and all that on this movie. Well, I did. Yeah. I also was telling you that Spotify this week released that they said that most podcasts only last about seven episodes and then people quit. So we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Because how many? How many do you think? I don't have to think because I have a piece of uh, digital documentation here. Yeah, you do. So I can tell you, 798. Correct. That's 798. Yeah. And out of those 798 movies we've watched, do you remember maybe two? Maybe, <laughs> including this one. <laughs> For now? Yeah, this one until next week. That's why we document it. So I can go back and if I'm not sure what my opinion was, I can always go listen. I don't, but I could. Exactly. We're not here to pat ourselves on the back with the after, before the after the show discussion. But the records are there. You can always listen to them. Correct. So it is Saturday, July the 29th. This is After the Show, episode 798. We're a movie review podcast. Every week we look at a new movie. This week we're looking at the movie Reality. It's a 2023 movie. It's on HBO streaming on HBO Max if you want to watch it right now. It's rated R. I wasn't sure why it was rated R, said Tuck. Mm, Good question. It doesn't feel like R rated when you watch it, does it? There's not even any foul language. Not that I noticed. Maybe there was, and I didn't notice. Mm. It's uh, from HBO Films. It's an original film. And Sid Talk, can you give us the synopsis of the movie Reality? I don't really need to because you can look it up. It is the dialogue from a recording from an FBI interview with Reality Winner in 2000 or 2017. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. And um, they've just made a play and a movie about it. And it's just exploring this very one singular as they call it, whistleblower act. I mean, that's one version and what it is. A crime has been committed by a citizen who works for a very high level position, not in the government anymore, but that's all. It's what's that's reality, <laughs> reality. It's the reality of that interview. Literally, they took the transcript of the guy put the recorder in his pocket. The FBI agent recorded every word. And that is what all the dialogue is, is yeah. literally word for word. So you can just look it up. I'll give you the one off the box, but there actually isn't a box because this is only on streaming. So I'll give you the one off the streaming service. A former American intelligence specialist was given the longest sentence for the unauthorized release of government information to the media about Russian interference in the 2016 United States election via an email operation. All right. So reality, I didn't know anything about the real story. I didn't even know I'd never heard the lady's name, to be fair. That's mm-hmm. how much attention I pay to the news. Did you know anything about her? I mean, I know of it, yes. I mean, yeah, I know of it. I didn't know that she was responsible for what she did. So, reality, how did you like it? I enjoyed it. I think it was very compelling. Knowing that we're actually taking words from the transcript helps me because based on a true story often means like, eh, yeah. you know? And still, it's a Hollywood version, so I don't take it like we don't have a video of the interview, so we don't know how everyone was actually behaving. But listening to the words, and if you wanted to listen to it, I'm sure you can, 
and then you could get your own interpretation. But I was very compelled by the whole process, everything from how the government, any government and ours, really, it's a black hole of risk, isn't it? Of anyone who has access to any classified information. Yeah, it's leaky. It can be very leaky. Yeah, every person who has access, I don't care who they are, everything boils down to that person's filter about the world and about what they want to accomplish or what they think needs to happen in the world. And you've exposed them to information that's very singular and hidden behind lots and lots and lots and lots of brick walls and locked doors. But if that one person makes the choice to show their brother because it's like, you will not believe what I just read today, or they want to send it off to a publication that will, of course, run with it and show it to the world, right? Those are, it just seems like an impossible task. And so I try to sympathize with that aspect of it, that if you breach that, no matter what the thing is or your intention, you can't let it slide. Like you have to be aware, right? On the other hand, we are citizens of that country. We are the reason your government, our government exists. If you are lying to us, holding information back from us and letting it be pummeled in the social realm on any news channel, on any media where the information is all false, you keep that information hidden away from us. And so that it divides people and causes destruction, causes false, bad things to happen as a citizen. I want there to be a way tap into that or or find a, a balance. But there isn't, is there? It is. No. There is not because there are too many, as they call them in this movie. And I'm sure they call them in the government, bad actors in the world, in the whole of the world, not just places you want to villainize. But I mean, right next door to you. Why do they call them bad actors? Well, you're just a bad actor. You don't. What would you call them? You can't call them a villain or a bad guy or. Um, Why actors, though? Well, you're you're acting. Like bad intention. Acting. Yeah, I get it. You're not performing. Not an actor, like an act. Right. Yeah. Yes. I, don't know, I guess. But yeah, that's what I would say. What I'm saying is this movie made me think about like, oh, wow, it's not clear cut. It really isn't, except that she broke a crime. I mean, she committed a crime. I'm yeah. all for punishment and crime and all that stuff. And then you think about it and you're like, okay, so now they want to discourage other people from ever trying to from her point of view, do the right thing. So then what's that? You become totalitarianism, right? You become a Nazi, essentially. So it's difficult. It's a difficult thing because, yes, she signed confidentiality agreements when she got a job to not do something like this, and then she did it. So, yes, that's a crime. You're right. But a crime for good? I don't know. I don't know if there is That's the part where you're like, is she fine? I mean, was it a groundbreaking thing or not? I don't think it was a crime for good. I think that wasn't, I don't want to elevate. I think she thought that. I don't know about that. I don't want to elevate her. Because what I read, you know, reading the court transcript, that she definitely thought that because she was like. I know she says that she thought that, but we don't know her. And so we don't know. It can be all the things, right? This can be an attention seeker. This could be a person who did a thing and then was able to articulate it later and make it sound a whole lot nicer and more honorable than it really was. You know what I'm saying? I don't know her, so I wouldn't attach so that. So this movie takes place just in the one day. She comes home from shopping. Some FBI agents are waiting for her. And it's literally like a one, like it feels like a one take thing, doesn't it? It's yeah. just from them starting to talk to her to what they get out of her at the end. And yeah, you're right. It was really super compelling. 
I didn't want to stop watching at all. Like I was just like, oh wow, like where's this going exactly? I mean, I didn't know the full story. Yeah. You, you didn't either, I guess. No. I didn't know what was going to happen to her. And there's so many minute little details in this movie. Like the way everybody looks at each other at the beginning, because I, I didn't know the story, I was thinking, is she going to try and escape? Because mm. she's looking and they're looking at her like, and she's, there's a, you know, when it shows you that cat across the road in the. Yeah. I was like, is she going to make a run for it? Is this going to turn into like some action thing? But it's not, <laughs> it's not that she. No. Is being interviewed. The choice of that room that they put her in. They didn't put her in that. She volunteered. Yeah, exactly. Is but that a real? Point, they I, asked I wonder her, if the real house really looked like that. I feel like they were at the real house. I have a feeling they had access to that. They have access to the family and mm. maybe to who knows. But that room is very real. I had a house in a town where I lived and the back room had been added on. It was exactly that room. But my question about that was when they're, they're interviewing in the garden and saying, is there anywhere we can talk? And she's like, well, I have an old room in the back of the house that I never go in because it's dirty and and they're like oh yeah that why couldn't they just sit in the living area well those guys were out there so they can't have all those see all those dudes can't oh they can't hear it right even though anybody could stand near that door (laughs) true (laughs) (laughs) and listen the door that you know when she sat down with the door behind her at one point yeah i was like don't sit there because how many people are going to keep coming in this room like opening that wasn't the actual door Oh, was that not? No, that was a side door. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, like don't sit near a door in this room. (laughs) Yeah, they're slowly unraveling. Like at first, again, I don't know the story. Uh, Maybe that's better that I didn't know the story Mm. because I was looking at her thinking she is totally oblivious to what she's done and she doesn't know anything. Like she seems very innocent. And At first, that's exactly how it sounds. Yeah, and then as it gives you tiny little breadcrumbs, Basically, I know it's a real life conversation, but the actual real life conversation slowly in it's like a really tense tightrope. Yeah. Like, is she going to give herself away? Exactly. Or is she just going to keep like, I'm not saying anything, but she's very volunteering with her information. You can see she's not an idiot. She knows that what she can't say. Correct. They ask her questions in very specific ways as well, don't they? Like, so they can only get a proper answer. He's passive aggressive, isn't he? <laughs> a little bit. Let me just ask you one more time. Maybe I've asked you this before, but yeah. let me ask you just one more time. Because the thing is, he already knows the answer. Yeah, he knows way more. Yeah, he yeah. knows the truth because they have all the digital records. They even have, as we find out later, from the source that she sent the thing to. So the whole story is this. She works in a high security place, a contractor. She's translating things into a language that she's learned in the Air Force. She prints out a document that she finds on a database of articles that are highly classified, which I question anyway, which is kind of interesting. It's like they have their own news source inside the government. And those articles are written by what look like journalists and they put together, but it's only for high serving. Which seems very dangerous. Yeah, it really does. So one day she finds an article in relation to Russia's involvement in the 2016 election. Now she's listening to, in her office, they play Fox News all day, which is one point that's actually brought up. And it's a thing. I've talked to many people who work in many places, and that's a thing. No matter what the source, no matter what channel, if it's CNN or Fox News or someone plays whatever all day long in the people's face, it's very confronting for some people that I have to listen to this And all also day. a bit brainwashy. It's very brainwashy yeah. if you are subject to that, no matter what it is. It could be any direction. It could be a religious channel. It could be all politics all the time. It could be 
the court channel where you're just sitting there and watching people in court all day, right? Whatever it is, if you're exposed to that for 10, 12 hours a day, every day, and it's insisted upon by the employer, you're now in. Yeah, she didn't have a choice. Right. And it sounds like there was probably documentation of her trying to get that change. She said, I even want just, could they not just do slideshows of people's pets or something, right? Like just anything other than news all day. So she's got that coming at her. And then she sees this article that's, from her point of view, clearly shows that the people who are discussing this uh, election interference by Russia on the news and everything do not have all the information, right? Right. And again, if they had this paper, they would have a different thing to talk about. True, but as we know, that's not how how it ended up. Because it got into the public and people still argued the exact same way. But I don't want, again, I don't want to elevate her or make her any more noble or make it sound honorable, but she was just fed up. And she was irritated about other things in life. And one day she prints out the article. She folds it up. She puts it in her pantyhose, which is interesting that she wears pantyhose in 2017. (laughs) That's a whole other thing. She then puts it in an envelope. She has a website that she can send it to that say, we will take all whistleblower information. I mean, that's kind of their vibe. They call it that, not me. And she mails it to them, like puts it in an envelope and mails it to them. That's the crime because you have now violated the terms of your job. So now what we're talking about is the FBI is coming to her and being, they just want to be like, are you basically. What exactly did you do that day? Yeah. Are you, I mean, they have the whole range of possibilities of what she could be. She could be uh, communicating with would be terrorists. This is the truth. You could domestic or otherwise, you could be really, really trying to chip away at like secrets in the government by Maybe she's done this 50 times or maybe she plans on doing it 50 times, right? Everything that irritates her, she might be like, I'm going to sell these secrets off to somebody for money. They have to find out what her motivation was. So that's the whole premise of, like, to me, the bottom line here. And I think she starts to realize how serious it is. The way the FBI operate in this, I thought was interesting, how they kind of secure the area, secure the house, secure the pets so no pets attack them. Yeah. Then start to secure the guns. It's like her, uh, it's being removed from her, isn't it? Her freedom. Yes. That's like a good slowly, way to like, put it. like she sees it. She's looking in the corner. There's a gunner's gun. You know, she's, she owns some guns. The guns are going out the door. Oh, the pets are being restrained. It's just all slowly being taken away from her. And she keeps looking around. You see that in her face. Like, oh, because she, you know, at one point she even asks, am I going to, jail tonight Mm -hmm. like because i need to organize something for my dog because clearly she's an animal lover right it's on her mind big time that she has to make sure the dog and the cat are looked after it feels like uh you know when you've got a really tight headache and it's like (laughs) crushing your skull the whole thing felt like that to me just seems to get worse and worse as it goes on but in this slow kind of brooding manner the way the fbi agents are like really Weirdly personable until they're not. And awkward. Awkward a bit, yeah. But then all of a sudden, you know, they're being like talking about boring stuff and then all of a sudden they're like onto it. Yeah. And they, So yeah, it's um very intriguing, fascinating. She's out of prison now. Let's Yeah. She uh, went to prison for She's still on uh, that parole thing until next year. She was sentenced to 5 years, but she only did three it said and then she went to a halfway house and now she lives at home doesn't she because we saw a little extra about it she is prohibited now from doing any expressing anything right 
Yeah, I said she will not be able to express any political or any opinion probably for the rest of her life without someone paying very close attention. Like if she started being really political on Instagram, like she would be immediately what? I don't know. I think just monitored is what we're talking about. Yeah, because she's got the possibility of doing something. Well, the government have to look at that and go. I mean, she has no more access to anything. So that she's not a threat in terms of information. I mean, she does have access uh, of things she saw, that, but she, nothing she could prove, I guess. She Correct. could say what she, she saw. She has no current access to anything, like, at all. She's been removed from all of that. So she's not a threat. Yeah. Except that she could become a symbol. Right. You can become a symbol of like, here's a person wronged by the government for trying to tell the truth. And so we want to use her name and her image, et cetera, et cetera, because that's what we do. It was a stage play first and now it's a film. Um, It's only an hour and 20 minutes, so it's pretty quick. I mean, it felt quick even, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's because the meat of this um, real life recording is that length. So you, you see it in real time. So let's get on to the cast. Sydney Sweeney plays reality winner. What do you think of Sydney? I thought she was really good. I was in, interested all the time. Yeah, it actually is the first time I've seen her acting. She's in a show called Euphoria on HBO that I've not watched, but um, I've never seen her in anything else. But immediately I was like, wow, she's really good. I mean, it's all about the camera's right in her face a lot. Yeah. Like really close. It's really well filmed, I have to say, this movie. Really clean and crisp, and there's no wobbly camera. It's no. Just, <laughs> it's just very, like, this is what it is. Like, we're looking at her face very closely. We're looking at the police guy. If there's things in this movie that are redacted, which is even these official documents have got redacted things in them, they redact them in an interesting way in the movie, yeah. don't they? Like a glitch effect. So, you know, she'll say something, and it'll just kind of disappear. All the person will disappear. I really enjoyed that uh, of it. So, yeah, Sydney Sweeney, um, I thought she was excellent. And she's really the movie, isn't she? Josh Hamilton as Agent Garrick, who I really like. I've always liked. He was in The Walking Dead recently. Don't know if you love that character in The Walking <laughs> Dead. It's no. a bit cheesy, wasn't it? But I really like him. Plays Agent Garrick. What do you think of him? It was really good. Awkward, uncomfortable, really good. <laughs> yeah. And he like that coughing that he yeah like he had an allergy or something. No, he had an sinus infection. That was it. But he in the real recordings he just coughs every now and then. So they really they did that in the film too. Marchant Davis plays Agent Taylor. He's now, really good in real life. Um, that guy, uh, Agent Taylor, was not a black guy. Right. And that was what I was reading about differences, and the guy who plays Agent Garrick was quite a bit older than Josh Hamilton. Mm. So um, there are differences. But Martin Davis was really good too because it's good cop, bad cop um, interview. Kind of. Like one is operating differently than the other guy. I mean, that's typical when you interview people. You have two different attacks, don't you? One, I'm, I'm kind of nice and maybe you'll... I mean, we know me. that from movies and TV, I think. Also from <laughs> FBI, any, any real FBI thing that they've showed you you know it's a thing isn't it people react to different people and maybe like if you have a softer person and a harder person that might be the way to break somebody down we've also got darby and arlo the cat and the dog in this movie they're (laughs) actually part of the cast (laughs) Uh, there are a bunch of other fbi people milling around 
but most of them are not credited. It's directed by Tina Satter. She's the lady responsible for the stage play, and she's never directed a movie, but this is her first one. What did you think? That was really good. She's paying attention to this woman's face, the performer lady. And like I said, we can't see the interview. We don't have any video of it. But just that hour and a half, how long was it? The whole thing was like three hours or something. Like the whole day he said something about it's been three hours. Yeah, or three hours. Though. That person, once she knows what they're there for. And then try, and she said, even the real lady said in the interview, I was playing chess with them for my life. Cause so then she's trying to calculate in her mind, every question, every answer to not like, I don't know, incriminate herself worse or say the wrong thing, which sounds calculating a, a true. When you're watching this young woman perform it, you feel that that's what I really loved is that she's really thinking about, you know, like she said, I tightened my jaw or my, she had a little twitch that she do with her eyes or like, you know, do her mouth a certain way. And we really focused on that a lot. And I love that because when you are in a situation of coping, it's not constant talking, right? You're thinking you're soaking it up in your mind and your face does stuff. And I think we got a lot of that, which I appreciate. Let's look at the one star reviews on IMDb <laughs> for this movie. Do it. A lot of people like this movie. It gets like an eight out of 10. So right. there's actually only two one out of tens. What? So I'll read both. First one says, not worth the watch. Of course. It's excruciatingly painful to watch this movie. It's filmed in one environment and is very boring. It seems like they have nothing to say except keep talking about a pointless dog and cat. It was filmed in 16 days and it shows it is trash. <laughs> it's trash. What the fuck? And the second guy says, boring AF. There are solid performances by these actors, but that's the only other positive I can say. The editors kept it less than an hour and a half, which I greatly appreciate. After watching this movie, I feel like I wasted 90 minutes that I can never get back. Oh, that one. That is a classic there. Yes. So those are the people who didn't like this movie. Extras. We did watch a, like a little making of, and it was pretty interesting because it had the real reality winner in there. Yeah. And... She's quite different to the actress. I didn't feel like a when I'm, I was like, oh, is that what she's really like? She's very buff, but in the movie they address that. She's a power lifter and yeah. she does competitions. But the but Sydney Sweeney's not very buff. No, but I mean the timeline is that she hasn't been. I accepted that. So extras that there are extras on the streaming service on HBO. You can watch them. Conclusion: I am going to give the movie Reality an eight out of ten. Ooh, I'm going to give it a 7.8. Nice. I, th I thought it was very gripping. Very as gripping, yes. I imagine as a stage play, it also works very well and is very compelling, you know? Sure. So thank you to HBO. Next week, we're looking at Guy Ritchie's latest movie, The Covenant, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you like Jake Gyllenhaal? Covenant. Oh, we've never watched The Revenant. But we're watching The Covenant. The Covenant with Jake Gyllenhaal and Guy Ritchie on the direction. Yeah. Movie recommendations. I am going with movies that I thought, felt the same thing as I did feel from this movie. And number one is Compliance. Do you remember that one? Yes. Oh, but my. You're just trapped in this room and you're being interrogated almost, interviewed, and it's just really hardcore. It really gives you this uh, Very anxiety. Very intimidating. 
And Manchester by the Sea was another worldwide to recommend. And that's because Josh Hamilton, who plays Agent Garrick, is in that one. So don't mine. watch it if you don't want to be sad. No. I mean, it's really sad. Very good. Very sad. Very sad. And my recommendations are going back to the beginning of the 20th century and science fiction offerings, not quality. I'm just saying either what I've seen for this podcast or what I've watched randomly, usually at Halloween time when I do my movie marathon. So for we're looking at 2016 here. We've got The Girl with All the Gifts. Brilliant movie. That was really good. Unexpected. We had no idea what it was. Yeah. We start watching it and you're like, holy crap. Then there's The Purge election year, 2016. I also like The Purge movie. That's my least favorite one. Right, but it all goes together. Yes. Once you watch the show and you kind of get the vibe of the history of the whole Purge situation. Then I have The Void from 2016. That would have been a Halloween Halloween movie. Yeah, I don't and know it was. That. And it was okay. I don't remember it being great. I feel like the payoff wasn't great, but I'd have to watch it again. Westworld started in 2016. Oh, my God. Brilliant, Westworld. Brilliant. Yeah, that's a TV show, not a movie. But yeah, in 2016, dude, that's seven years ago. Holy crap. Yeah. Four, five, six, seven. Yes. And there was four seasons over those. I'm doing years. math. <laughs> and then Blade Runner 2049 in 2017. One of your favorite. That is a great movie. All right. Ace Gully stuff. This week I've been playing. I realized um, back in the day, maybe five or six years ago, on my cell phone, I bought a game called Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. And I was looking through this week on my um, Google Play list of things that I've bought on the store. And I was like, oh, I forget I even bought that game. And I, I remembered I bought it, but my phone wasn't powerful enough to play it. Oh, right. So I, I just completely forgot about it, never played it. It just sat there in my account. So I was going through this week, like looking on that list and I saw it. I was like, oh, I must have bought that because it's free to download. So I pressed download on my new handheld and I've been playing through it this week. It's a GTA game I've never played. The one that they made, um, it's top down like the old ones, you know, like looking from above, but it's all in 3D. So it's like a mixture of new and old Grand Theft Auto. And it's Chinatown Wars. It's based on the Grand Theft Auto 4 map. So if you play Grand Theft Auto 4, you will recognize the places you're driving around here. And one of the cool things, I didn't know what was in this game because I never played it, is one of the radio stations is just Dead Mouse all the time. <laughs> so Dead Mouse Radio. So I've been listening to that. So Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. It's very, very cheap now because it's been out for so long. I bet it's 10 years old. You can get it for about a dollar on the Google Play Store. It's also on like other consoles. Um, the DS, I believe, was one that it was on. So that's that. What's for dinner, Sid Talk? Once again, it's going to be Larry David, not Larry David pasta. That seems to be what we have every week. With some homemade sauce with home harvested, homegrown, grown from seed tomatoes. Right on. Ooh. Accomplishment. <laughs> we had some yesterday tomatoes. Yeah. They were good. Yeah, I know. And uh, I'm learning lessons every year with my gardening. Label better. <laughs> when you grow 30 kinds of tomatoes in containers and you label them all at first and then they go out in the sun and the heat and the heat and the heat and then the labels fade away, then it's like, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to eat it. And they're all different. They'll look weird. Some are tan, some are white, some are yellow, some are 
like funky looking, like, you know, heirloom types and all that kind of stuff. So I just pick them all and put them all together. <laughs> we just eat them. I, I don't care. We just go one, one tomato at a time. Nice. Yeah. And so my advice, did you say what's my advice? I didn't, but I will. What's okay, your my advice? advice is that I'm breaking down what life is uh, statistically for me. So it's 70% boring. Well, I'm never bored, so that's not true. Uh, that's not true. Because if you're filling out paperwork or you're sleeping or you're no, listening. No, I find sleeping amazing. Sleeping is so boring. I hate sleeping. Listening to boring people talk about boring things, moving boxes and bags and shit from one place to another, like just endlessly moving or cleaning or whatever. And you love cleaning, I know. <laughs> Again, you might not find that boring. But 70%, there's a lot of sleeping. There's a lot of waiting in line. You know, now I can make the most of most situations, but putting me in that situation, I know it's going to be boring. I need to find a way to overcome it. So then in addition to the 70% boring, you've got like 12.5% really shitty stuff. Now, depends on your life. So that could go up or down. That's like illness, death, nature, crushing your life in some way, shitty people doing shitty things, struggling with things, coping with life. I mean, it, again, it could be a lot more for some people, depending on the thing, right? Um, this depends. But then there's the equal amount of good, I think. The good is like day-to-day, -day, like this podcast and watching movies and doing my gardening stuff and enjoying my friends. I mean, that's all good. It's just sort of middle of the goodness. It's like you're... You're relaxed and you're, <laughs> you're just middle of the goodness. <laughs> then there's like 4% greatness, right? Events, like big events, like weddings and the day the baby's born or you find out the thing or you accomplish a big thing at work or, you know, you if you want to think of every Saturday as a big, great event, that's fine. <laughs> your your 4% will be higher. <laughs> but it's like the really big stuff, you know, the like, got the promotion. I got the, then it's fleeting. It's so fleeting. That feeling, that satisfaction is very fleeting. It doesn't hang around. You know, everything that follows can be good and then boring. That's just, that's how I look at it. And then you've got the 1%, 1% of the pure goodness, the happiness, the actual split seconds of <gasps> Like euphoric, oh my gosh, like you hear your friend laugh in the room and you're just like elated that they're there and you want to go and talk to them. That that split second of like rush and anything, your baby is born or you meet your grandbaby for the first time. I mean, that split second is over the top. It's unmeasurable, immeasurable. And then everything after that follows can be good, can go to medium, then go down to just normal standard daily stuff, whatever. That's kind of how I look at it. And that's it. Well, nice. That's not advice, but thank you. It's not advice. <laughs> All right. Ascully.com is the place you can go to get this podcast. I'll give you some advice. Go there. Get the podcast. <laughs> Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, threads, anywhere where we're on social media, you'll find us. Ascully or Sid Talk. Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Music, YouTube. They're all places you can go to just get the podcast. You can also email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk at whatever her address is. And good luck with that. Stay classy, everybody involved in this film. It was uh, excellent. I agree. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone's doing it for you. <laughs>